Welcome to another OWL episode on the House of Wisdom podcast. In this episode, we are discussing the recent protests taking place in Iran. This at one point, several months ago, was front and centre of all mainstream news platforms. But whilst the spotlight has moved on, the protests and the problems rage on, ruining the lives of countless men, children and in particular women. We have Dr. Ladan Rabari, Assistant Professor in Sociology, Gender and Diversity Studies at the University of Amsterdam on the podcast to provide an answer to the following question. What are the Iranian people, especially women, fighting for in the current protest against the Iranian government? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I think I would like to start by uh, recounting how the uprising in Iran started and then I will answer the question that you asked, um, if that's okay. So on September 13th, uh, uh, 2022, uh, Gina Maso Amini, a woman from the Kurdish region of Iran, visited Tehran and was arrested by the morality police. Uh, this is a section of the police that overlooks how well women observe the mandatory veiling mandate in public spaces in Iran. They have patrol vans that roam around the city and they are also parked in busy public spaces. So Gina was arrested and uh, three days after her arrest, uh, she died uh, on a hospital bed. The police immediately released the CCTV footage uh, showing that Gina fell on the floor during a hijab training session that she was actually forced to take while in uh, police custody. And um, the police also issued a statement saying that Gina had pre-existing heart conditions and that's why she died. Her family denied the existence of such a condition, and we also know from the hospital where Gina uh, had been brought after falling that she died uh, of traumas to her body and her head. The Women Life Freedom Uprising was born then. It started on September 16th in the Kurdistan province of Iran, right after Gina's death. And you should know that this is a region that has long been discriminated against uh, by the Iranian government. Uh, the region is portrayed as a trouble space and the Kurds are often accused of being separatists and rebels. So the fact that Gina was a Kurdish woman and from this region is really important. This was a tipping point and the protests um, very soon spread across the country and were also picked up on social media and in a matter of days, millions of people used the hashtag uh, Masa Amini. Now, before continuing, I want to make it clear that there were many precursors to this uprising. Uh, political protests in Iran have been very common since um, the uh, revolution itself in 1979, but specifically since the end of 1990s, we had so many small and large scale protests uh, by the student movement, the women's movement, the labor movement, uh, the ethnic groups, and so on. In the past five years or so, there have been protests not only every year, but also multiple times per year. But this time, the 2022 uprising seems to be different from the ones in the past. Uh, so uh, the extent is so much that some people call it a new revolution. And as a sociologist who writes about social movements, um, and specifically in the context of Iran, I see a shift in um, Iranian people's collective action against uh, state oppression. And I will go over some of those differences. One difference that we can see in the demands of the people and during these protests is uh, really the peak in frustration about everything. Not only women's rights and politics, although that is really central, but also economy, social liberties and human rights issues. 
Now, after four decades of trying to change the system through lobbying, voting for reformists in the parliament, voting for a reformist president, appealing to the common sense of uh, the clerics in power, we have arrived at this collective point of realization that fundamental change is not possible in this system. And the only viable solution is regime change. And this is a big difference compared to previous collective actions in Iran. Before this, the people still believed in the potential of reform. Uh, the second uh, important political shift is that the protesters are not buying into the government's uh, co-option of anti-imperialist narrative anymore. The Iranian state uses America and the West in general as a scapegoat. This is a strategy that we also see in other undemocratic countries, uh, a form of abuse of anti-imperialist and anti-colonial discourse to constantly shift the blame elsewhere. And that has had a huge appeal for a while in Iran. The Iranian Revolution of 1979 was in fact a popular and deeply anti-colonial uprising. And of course, Iran's politics had been hijacked by foreign governments in different occasions in its modern history. But people are now able to differentiate between whatever evils that have been done by foreign intervention and those done by the regime itself. So the regime cannot evade accountability by blaming international sanctions and Western governments anymore. The third point of difference is the sheer size of these protests and their geographical and social distribution. These rounds of protests are really widespread and can be seen across the country and across also different strata of Iranian society. They are as much in the smaller cities as they are in bigger cities. It is also not uh, only the young and the middle class or activist groups, but people of all ages, genders and backgrounds. And they have all been mobilized by one woman's death. And that is really unique to have so much unity around this one symbol. The fourth point of difference is the role of new and younger generations in the protests. Uh, you probably have seen images of young people in the uprising and young girls um, raising the middle finger in front of the Supreme Leader's image, for instance. Uh, what is so different about this new generation is, I believe, partly their relationship with the world. These are generations of young digital natives who have constantly being connected to the internet and have had access to worldwide information. They have grown up seeing alternatives and have been longing for that alternative, a more democratic state. And finally, I think the role that gender plays in the protests uh, is unique too. Iranian women have been, um, I think, even the longest standing critiques of the state. Uh, the first uh, uprising um, against compulsory veiling in Iran was in, in 1979, the, the very year that the Islamic Republic was founded. So that is not something new, uh, but that their demands are so universally recognized by the rest of the population in Iran is something quite remarkable. So to answer your question, um, what Iranian people, including women, want as the name of the uprising says quite clearly, is life and freedom. You know that the government at the moment has started um, executing some of the protesters with false accusations, without due process. And this is really a regime that feeds on killing and disregarding the lives of its uh, citizens. So the people are just saying enough is enough. Um, woman life freedom is not merely a slogan. 
the Iranian people are literally fighting for life, for being able to live. It is certainly worth repeating. The call for life and freedom is not merely a slogan. The uprising in Iran that began in September 2022, as highlighted by Dr. Rabari, seems different to the many protests that have taken place in Iran in the past. More than a protest, it is a move to revolution, a call for regime change, since belief in the potential for dialogue with the current regime, one that could potentially lead to any meaningful change, seems lost. Sadly, the Women, Life, Freedom uprising in Iran is another reminder of the global struggle for rights that individuals around the world are still engaged in. A struggle that, at the time of recording, is ongoing in Iran, as elsewhere, and demands our ongoing attention.